News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app, or maybe you're joining us on the Facebook live feed. You just search On The Mark KHMO on Facebook. You can join us there. This is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis country. Tell them Mark sent you. Thank you so much for making us a part of your Saturday morning as we broadcast live here in a gorgeous morning in downtown Hannibal in America's hometown here. And uh, there's just so much to get to. You know, as we mentioned it last week, October uh, just kicks off such an incredible then stretch of sports. Now, uh, we'll be running out of World Series games in this late October yeah, World Series, NBA officially going on, NHL going on, uh, of course, NFL and NCAA football action. Get to all of that and much, much more. Uh, we had a heck of a week last week with our lock and our upset. I was two for two last week uh, in the lock of the upset with the Patriots, minus six and a half versus the Jets, the Colts to upset the Niners, plus four and a half. Feeling very good about my picks this weekend again in the NFL. So we'll try to make a little money, have a little fun. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. You know the drill. Let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. Let's look at this week eight NFL schedule. Hespin's headlines on the mark. So here we are, week eight of the NFL schedule, which would normally be, we'd be able to say, hey, it's halfway here, halfway through the season. Well, now we got that weird 17th game, so halfway through the season will be what, like uh, Thursday night football <laughs> next, next week where we get through like Thursday football and the noon slate of games uh, next week uh, during week nine, uh, however you want to call it. I, I still consider this about the halfway point of the NFL season. A lot of teams starting to hit bye weeks. A lot of teams, uh, you know, dealing with a ton of injuries across the NFL, making a lot of games a little bit more unpredictable, but also we're really beginning to see the separation from the top of the league through the bottom of the league, especially the NFC, where it seems like we have four real contenders and everyone else in the NFC is just a total pretender. Uh, and in the AFC, it's a lot more mix-mosh and people beating up on each other. Uh, so we'll get to all of that as we look through the games. Now, I'll give you my upset, I'll give you my lock, and I'll give you my toss-up throughout it. Uh, so let's just get started. Uh, Panthers at Falcons. Actually, we're starting with my upset special of the week. The Panthers are getting... Uh, three points uh, to go to Atlanta. I actually like the Panthers to win this game in a bounce-back game. I think uh, that Sam Darnold against this Atlanta Falcons defense 
They don't have the bite that he's been used to facing the past couple weeks. I think that they simplify a lot of the offense. They now know they're going to be without Christian McCaffrey. He's hearing all the Deshaun Watson trade rumors right now. I think he's poised to have a big bounce back week. I like Matt Ryan in this game as well. I think this game will be close. Um, I certainly think that the Panthers will be within three points. I have them to upset the Falcons in Atlanta somewhere around 24-21 in a close game. I'll take the Panthers. Dolphins at the Bills. Uh, this is one you just don't want to overthink right now. The Bills are, are are playing very good football. They had the bye week last week coming off that tough loss against Tennessee, which now we think a lot more of Tennessee over their past two weeks. And I will say this about the Bills, and I think it's fair to say, they played Tennessee really well. Uh, their defense let up way too much against Derrick Henry, obviously. But Derrick Henry's a special player, and sometimes Derrick Henry's just going to do what Derrick Henry does. I don't have too many concerns. It's not, I'm not panicking about the Bills' defense, but I will say, I thought overall, besides the slip of the foot by Josh Allen, they probably should have won that game. Uh, so even though the Bills sit there 4-2, and two, I think they right the ship. I think they easily blow out the Dolphins in Buffalo. If this game was in Miami and it was going to be 85 and humid, then maybe it's a little bit closer. I would still take the Bills. The Dolphins are just an absolute mess right now. They are spiraling. Uh, there's all the Deshaun Watson trade rumors that I don't think are doing Tua any favors. Uh, Tua, I, I thought he played okay last week, except for that big late second interception. He needs to have a good game. He needs to just keep building career momentum. I, I, I think he'll play well against the Bills defense that's not elite, but the Bills will certainly win this game. I think they probably even cover the 14 points. Niners at Bears. I actually like the Bears in this game for a couple reasons. Mainly, they play a different brand of football at home. The Bears on at home versus on the road this year are almost like two different teams competitive-wise. The defense really field, uh, uh, feeds off the uh, energy uh, that Soldier Field brings. No Khalil Mack this game. I think that that means the Bears' defense is actually going to step up in other ways. I think Robert Quinn's poised to have a big game. I think you'll see other guys in the defensive line, the Goldmans, the Akeem Hicks, have big games. Roquan Smith will step up. Ogletree, they'll bring him on some blitzes. Danny Trevathan, maybe they'll blitz him at the quarterback some. Jimmy G looks like he's going to get the start. He is still dealing with that calf injury. I don't think he's as mobile uh, as he would like to be, and he's not exactly the most mobile guy in the world anyway. I like the Bears defense being able to get after Jimmy G, even without Khalil Mack. Can they stop the run game of uh, of the 49ers? That's going to be the big question to me. The, the Niners, I think, are going to want to run the ball, keep the ball into Jimmy G's hands in that way, and try to shorten this game. For the Bears, I, I think that they have found a little bit of, of something in those early weeks at home with uh, with Justin Fields. I'd like to see them get back to that. I think they will. We don't know what Matt Nagy's status will be. I don't think he'll be with the team. I think that you'll see Tabor, the special team coach, as the head coach. I actually think Nagy's absence from the team could be a good thing. I think that Laser and, and and some of these other guys will feel a lot less pressure to just call the game they want to call. And I think that's a good thing for the Chicago Bears. It's horrible to say losing your head coach could be an advantage, but that's where the Bears are at right now. I think Justin Fields it, it will continue to progress to get find ways to use the run game to help him, not just run because he's escaping, but actually design some run plays. Uh, Khalil Herbert's been running the ball well. 
I like the Bears in a close game in Chicago, low scoring to take care of the Niners, get back to 500. Call me crazy, but I actually think Matt Nagy not being there could be helpful for the Chicago Bears. Steelers at the Browns. Now, this is one of those that almost was my toss-up of the week. The Browns are hurting. They're in a, they, they, are, they are not healthy. And the Steelers are coming off a bye week and you know should be the healthiest they've been since the beginning of the season. I like the Steelers to actually upset Cleveland here. This is a tough spot for Cleveland. You don't know the health of Baker Mayfield. You're 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 still dealing with injuries in your offensive line. Your running backs, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landy, they're not a hundred percent. I think one game with Case Keenum, you can get it at Thursday Night Football was a nice win for them. But and they've had extra preparation for this game. Uh, it's in Cleveland. I think it's very low scoring, somewhere around you know seventeen thirteen, seventeen fourteen, twenty seventeen. I think the under hits in this game. I I certainly like the Steelers to cover the four. They're getting four points. I think the Steelers will win outright in an upset over Cleveland. Uh, in Cleveland, Eagles Lions. Another game that was almost my toss-up. And you know what I say if it's almost a toss-up or if it's in the discussion for a toss-up? It means I, I just, I'm struggling to find a way to feel strongly about this game. The Eagles put up a lot of stats and a lot of yards in garbage time. So a lot of their numbers seem very inflated. Jalen Hurts is an incredible weapon in the red zone. I just do not trust Nick Sirianni and his ability to... Uh, confidently call an offensive game plan for four quarters that actually helps Jalen Hurts. The Lions are back home in Detroit after the emotional game. I thought they played their best game of the year so far, besides maybe that first half against the Packers uh, in, in L.A. I think the Lions get their first win of the year here. I know a lot of people are taking them to win this game. I think that's not like, a, oh, if everyone's taking them, go the opposite way. I think... It's a lot of what people are seeing with what I'm seeing. This is a Lions team that actually has an identity. They're not skilled enough. And Jared Goff, his wide receiver room is probably the worst in all of the NFL. The Lions want to do something to help out this team and get some wins. They should be active at the trade deadline to try to pick up a wide receiver, a disgruntled wide receiver from somewhere. Maybe a Brandon Cooks who uh, Goff worked with in L.A., uh, I I, th- I think that uh, I think that the Lions actually take care of business. They get their first win of the year against an Eagles team that defensively are, is not great, and I just don't trust them and their whole game plan uh, in four quarters with Nick Sirianni. Titans at the Colts. Um, I like the Titans in this game to keep rolling. Um, I think the Titans are a team now that is really finding some confidence, and they are uh, finding out that if they just continue to commit to Derrick Henry, even though they traded for Julio Jones and they bring him in with A.J. Brown, this team is most effective when it's all through Derrick Henry. This Colts team is playing with a lot of confidence. I think this is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it could be a one-point game. I mean, the Colts are getting two, uh, um, two and a half points. I, I like I like this game to be close. I like it to be tight. I think Ryan Tannehill makes the play late, and Carson Wentz makes the turnover late. 
I don't think this means the Colts are uh, in disaster mode. I still think they have a chance to make the playoffs and make a run for a push for a wild card. But I think the Titans keep the stranglehold on the division win in Indianapolis in a really tight, could be wild, a couple wacky turnovers in this game. But Tannehill makes the play late. late. Bengals at the Jets. This is actually my lock of the week. The Bengals, I think they will cover the 11 points. The Jets right now don't do anything well, and they're going to their backup quarterback, White. Now, a lot of people are making the argument that that actually could be a benefit for the Jets, and I do think there'll be a pop for the Jets at home early. It would not shock me if by midway through the first quarter, the Jets have some sort of like a 10-3 to lead over the Bengals. I just think the Bengals will explode at some point in time against this bad Jets defense, and the Bengals are too talented of an offensive team. We can no longer think of the Bengals as just, oh, they're the Bengals. This is a real offensive team. Joe Burrow's thrown for 17 touchdowns and almost 2,000 yards through seven games. The kid is playing incredible football. He has elite weapons on the outside and a great running back in Mixon. There's too much of this Bengals offense for the Jets defense to contain for four quarters. I think the Bengals will eventually cover this game later, uh, but you'll never really be in doubt that the after after the first quarter, you'll never be in doubt that the Bengals will win this game. I like the Bengals to win somewhere along the lines of 24 to 10 covering the, uh, the, the 11 points. It's my lock of the week. I know it's a lot of points for a lock, but I feel that strongly about Joey B., and this Bengals offense. They're by far the best unit in this football game. We continue on. The Rams at the Texans. Let's not overthink it. I do, do the Rams cover the 16? I'd like to think they do, but I, that's a lot of points. I, 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 but the Rams are going to win this game. Especially, I think the Rams are going to feel the bump of the Cardinals' loss on Thursday Night Football. The Cardinals' loss on Thursday Night Football is not only a huge gain for the Packers, and it was an incredible win by Green Bay and the Packers, and uh, and it was, I think, the best game, one of the best games of Aaron Rodgers' career in more recent years, especially in the Matt LaFleur era, without his two top weapons losing Tunyon in that game. I thought Rodgers overall still had such a control over the game, and the defense came up big late. Uh, so it should be really confident if you're a Packers team, but and a Packers fan, but... I do think the loss for the Cardinals is a massive emotional gain for the Rams. I mean, the Rams are sitting there. They just gained their half game. Now, the Cardinals still have the the tiebreaker win over the Rams, so the Rams got to get that back. They know a lot of their season depends on beating the Cardinals again when they play them for a second time for that one seed for the division, all the stuff that could come with it. I think the Rams will come out focused. I think the Rams will come out knowing that this is totally such a business trip to Houston. The only important thing is to get to 8-1. and one. I think they will. I don't know if they cover the 16, but I think very confidently I feel the Rams will get to 8-1 and one by, uh, by 3 o'clock, 3.30 Central Time uh, tomorrow afternoon. Let's move on to the afternoon slate of games. My toss-up is on the way. Right now, though, let's look at Patriots at Chargers. This is a sneaky great game in Week 8. There's been a lot of games so far. You're talking about it you're like oh, Rams, Texans, Lions, Eagles, uh, Bills, Dolphins. going to be a blowout. Panthers, Falcons. 
This could actually be a sneaky, really interesting game. It's in L.A. I like the Chargers to win, but the Patriots are playing pretty good football right now. Mac Jones is not turning the ball over. He's starting to push it a little bit more. They poured it on the Jets. Now, that is just Bill Belichick versus the Jets. I don't want to take too much of that and convert it over to then what the Patriots will do versus a Chargers team that's much better than the Jets. But don't be surprised if this game is much closer late in the third quarter than you think. I think Justin Herbert makes a play or two, and and you'll see the difference in this game of an offense that trusts their quarterback to go out there and win them a game versus an offense with the Patriots that they just don't want their quarterback to make the mistake to lose them a game. I like the Chargers to cover the four and a half, but only cover it late. It'll be a close game most of the way, and the Chargers pull away late in the fourth quarter with a touchdown or two. Uh, It gets a little ugly maybe towards the end. Jaguars at Seahawks. This is my toss-up. And normally a toss-up is because it's two good teams, and I just don't know where to feel on them. This is the exact opposite. This is a toss-up of like, dear God, I have no idea what I'm going to get from the Seahawks in at home with Geno Smith versus a Jaguars team that's coming off the long time off after that win in London. Can they carry any momentum after all that time off? I have no idea. Just no idea. So a toss-up again, a reminder, I'm just not betting it. Not going to say it's going to be a bad game or I don't want to watch it. I think it'll be there's some interesting storylines. Could Trevor Lawrence, uh, who's clearly now the most talented uh, quarterback in this game, can he get a win on the road going probably as far travel as humanly possible besides maybe Seattle and Miami, Seattle and Jacksonville uh, for this uh, young Jaguars team? Can they build it, get to a second win? I actually like the Jaguars in this game to pull an upset win. They're getting three and a half points. Um, the Seahawks... They're just a little bit of a mess right now Uh, without Russell Wilson. Again, I just don't know what they do well. They have a short week after the Monday night loss against uh, the the Saints, excuse me. And I will say this, if you're Seattle, this is one of those you automatically circled this as a win when you looked at your uh, calendar when it first came out at the beginning of the year. But with no Russell Wilson, the Jaguars coming off a bye after getting their first win – I think the Jaguars keep some of that momentum. I think Trevor Lawrence makes the play or two against the Seattle defense. It's been very disappointing this year. I like the Jags in Seattle uh, to get the win, but I'm not betting it because I don't feel that confident about it. That's my toss-up of the week. Uh, Washington football team at Broncos. We'll talk about an ugly game. I, um, I Two defenses that have been very disappointing overall. We'll talk about it. But at this point in time, football teams at home, I trust that more than anything else. I mean, it's the battle of Heineke and Bridgewater, two very different quarterbacks, but very much both backup quarterbacks as their ceiling. I like Teddy to control the ball a little bit more, to not make the dumb play. I'll take the Broncos to win in a close one over the football team. Bucks at Saints. Saints on the short week, but they are at home. But I think the Bucks stay hot. They stay rolling. They'll take care of the Saints, who are sneaky 4-2. and two. The Saints are the only team right now in the NFC that you can confidently say, hey, they're putting themselves in a good position for a wild card. 
uh, spot besides whatever happens in the West between those two teams. Uh, so I like I like the I think the Saints will keep it close early, but I I just think this Bucks defense will get at Jameis. Uh, the Saints offensive line has not been elite this year by any means. I think they can pressure Jameis. Jameis will try to make a play or two that uh, the Bucks defense will take advantage of, uh, and Brady will be efficient in New Orleans. I like the Bucks to win and to cover late the four and a half points. Sunday night football, Cowboys Vikings. This should be a good game, but now we're hearing reports that we just don't know about Dak Prescott's availability. If Dak plays, I have no qualms with taking the Cowboys. Uh, if the if Dak doesn't play, the Vikings should win this game, and they should smell blood in the water and get a win over the over the Cowboys in Minnesota. So that's how I feel. It's Kirk Cousins in primetime. You never should pick Kirk Cousins in primetime. The only way I'll do that is if Dak Prescott is not playing for the Cowboys. Otherwise, the Cowboys should win that game. Monday Night Football Giants at Chiefs. This is God. This is his must win for the Chiefs as I can remember in the last in like the Andy Reid era of regular season games. I mean, uh, this is you. You've got to win and cover and look good for me to gain some confidence back with the Chiefs. For the Giants, this is an opportunity for the Giants. If I was New York all week long, I would be telling Jason Garrett, "I want to unload it all. I want nothing left in the clip. I don't care if we show." The rest of the NFL, the whole way, what our what our, all our trick plays are, all our fake punts, all our onside kicks to start the second half. I don't care. I think you go all out. You try to confuse a Chiefs team that is desperate, that's wounded, that's going to be trying to play motivated and angry. How do you get on top of a team like that? You kind of smack them around, throw a little dirt in their eyes. You know, give them a give them a, a, a cheap shot or two. And, and and stay in this game as long as you can and make them nervous that they're not covering the nine and a half points. The Chiefs should win this game. I think the Chiefs will win this game. But if you're the Giants, go all out to leave nothing uh, unturned. And if you're Daniel Jones, you got nothing to lose. You're playing for a contract. You're playing for an NFL career right now. Teams on the bye this week, the Ravens and the Raiders get the week off. Two uh, of the best in the AFC not playing this week. All right, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. As always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Hespin. Thanks for tuning along on the the Mark KHMO Facebook page as well. We're doing a Facebook Live broadcast. When we come back, I want to give you my three biggest disappointments and three biggest surprises as we enter what is what is traditionally the halfway point of the NFL season. Uh, we'll get into all that. Then we'll get into college football. It's a football uh, Saturday show. What can I say? We're live and local in America's hometown of Hannibal. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. And the free KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunisan to Hyundai. You got to ask them about their complimentary lifetime power Train warranty, new and used vehicles. They have a full lot in this weekend, end of the month sales, huge markdowns on used vehicles. Stop by the dealership, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. Go see my guy Levi Billman, Jeff Kahn, all those guys over there. Brad Bunch, they are the best of the best. Uh, Join the cutest family like I did. Best decision I've made since moving to Quincy. 
Nah, two and a half years ago. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Uh, so normally, and and you know, I I'm, I think of week eight still. I'm just gonna until they go to 18 games and officially give me week nine being the halfway point of the NFL season. I'm gonna consider week eight still the halfway point. Uh, as we head into week eight here now, uh, normally at this point in time, I would I would lay it out there. What am I disappointed in? What am I uh, surprised by so far in the NFL? So let's go into it. I don't want to waste any time. I'll start with a disappointment and then a surprise. We'll kind of go back and forth here. Uh, so my disappointment, uh, one of my disappointments to the NFL so far has been um, the the dominant defenses that have not been. I I was sold the promise and I look back at my picks of like winning games preseason that the Dolphins, that the Broncos, and that the football team had dominant defenses and they had defensive head coaches that were going to play a safe style of football and their defenses were going to carry them to either win, you know, compete in their division or certainly lock up wild card spots. And they have all been really uh, disappointing. The Broncos, not nearly as much, but I throw them into the category because. You start hot on a three-game win streak, you can't then lose four in a, in a row. That, I mean, that that's a that's a meltdown on all levels of your organization. So really just disappointed in defenses that, would, especially with Washington and, and Miami, I was sold to the big names, the Chase Youngs and all these guys. Uh, they were going to carry them. They were going to be the face of those franchises. They were going to be the ones that get them into the playoffs and, and, and carry these teams, and they just haven't done it yet. Uh, they've been bad, frankly, uh, this year. So that's disappointment uh, uh, number three as we work our way to the biggest disappointment and the biggest surprise. Uh, to me, the, the the first of my biggest surprises, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, this kid has come out of nowhere since Hard Knocks and his adorable son all the way through uh, this season so far. For a Cowboys team that uh, is competing for a one seed in the NFC and and just like a knife through hot butter in their own uh, very dysfunctional division right now, Trayvon Diggs has been the brightest spot to me for this whole Cowboys team. Seven interceptions. Uh, that's more than the second and third. Uh, that's a tied. You know, the second in the league is four. Third is, is three. Uh, he's got seven. I just don't know if he can maintain this pace, but if you can keep anywhere close to it, he could be record-setting interceptions and turnovers created in a year. And you watch him play cornerback, and it's like watching his brother play wide receiver, Stephon Diggs for the Bills. They have an elite level of athleticism and ball skills. Uh, it's just fun to watch. And Dallas building their defense around Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs Credit to whoever in the Dallas organization found those guys, has invested in them, and then for Dan Quinn to use them as the new toys to build his new version of the Legion of Boom down in Dallas, and uh, it really is uh, impressive. So Trajan Diggs, surprise, positive, uh, number one. Let's go back to disappointment. The rookie quarterback class. I was very, very excited about this rookie quarterback class. Uh, Trey Lance. Can't stay healthy in the chance that he's gotten to play. Trevor Lawrence is getting better week by week, but I expected a little bit more of a pop out of Trevor Lawrence. I expected uh, him to be more Andrew Luck level because that's what all the comparisons were. He was that can't miss of a prospect. Uh, I get that his situation is very difficult, but 
He has time to still turn around, and he's on the uptick. Zach Wilson has been a turnover mess, and now what was one of my biggest concerns about Zach Wilson going into the draft and why I had him ranked fourth of my rookie quarterbacks? Injuries. He's slight of frame. He is Johnny Menzel-type size, noodly, and he's behind a bad Jets offensive line, letting him scramble for his life, and now he's going to miss maybe four weeks of crucial development time uh, and what that knee will be like when he comes back. You never like a guy who uses his mobility to early in his career have knee sprains and knee issues that miss his time. That's obviously a disappointment. Uh, You move on to Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a guy who I think has been the most consistent, but you can really tell the reins are on him. Now, is that Mac Jones' fault? No, I think that's a lot of the Patriots' really, really, really keeping this uh, system in an insular form. But overall, he's been probably, you know, I guess he's been the least disappointing because he's been what I thought, but still, I just haven't seen the pop out of Matt Jones you like. And for for, uh, Justin Fields so far, yeah, it has been disappointing. I, I fully expected more out of Justin Fields using his ability, his raw ability to make plays for this Bears team. But I just don't know how much of it's Justin Fields and how much of it's, you know, just the the Matt Nagy offense. Justin Fields looks a lot like Mitchell Trubisky when he struggled with Matt Nagy's offense in that second year. It looks like there's way too much for him to have to think about. There's way too much that's just timing routes. There's no option routes, and there's no design quarterback runs to just give him some confidence and momentum. And all this stuff that's the confidence and momentum build throws – They're not play-action throws. He's throwing uh, a third and a half less of the play-action that Trevor Lawrence is throwing. It's uh, short routes that are uh, timed out with a really bad offensive line to not give him the timing and the protection. And Justin Fields is not known for his elite accuracy. He's an accurate quarterback, but uh, a lot of this just doing him a disservice. But overall, it's been disappointing. I expected him to have a little bit more of that Superman cape, a little bit more of that Cam Newton uh, and I just haven't seen it yet, so I will be critical of Justin Fields in that way. And the and listen, if you're going to get sacked, you got to stop fumbling the ball when you get sacked. Now he's elite at recovering his own fumbles, but uh, disappointing for sure. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app, broadcasting live here in America's hometown of Hannibal. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Hesman. Follow the show on Facebook on the Mark KHMO. Uh, the other surprise for me, number two, the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, listen, I expected the I had the Cardinals missing the playoffs. Uh, they are certainly not going to do that. Now, J.J. Watt, that injury, that changed them a little bit defensively. Kyler Murray with an injured uh, Hopkins, that offense did not look nearly as smooth. And so uh, the Cardinals, uh, they're, you know, I don't want to re- overreact too much to the Thursday night football loss. I'm overall still very surprised by this Cardinals team. I did not think they would be, have a point differential of 108 through eight games. Uh, that is insane. Leading the league in that way. So shout out to the Cardinals. I was wrong. You have surprised me through eight games. Uh, number uh, one disappointment, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The rate at which he's turning the ball over is disgusting. It's horrific. It is uh, just uh, absolutely unacceptable, especially for a quarterback who we all believe is a top two, top three quarterback in the NFL, should be number one 
with all the accolades that he already has. But right now, he is playing the opposite of that. He's turnover prone. Uh, he's sloppy, uh, and he is not helping his team win games uh, when his team, frankly, needs him to be Superman. We were just talking about it with with uh, Justin Fields. He this this Chiefs defense is terrible. Chief offensive line has been struggling. They need him to be Superman to put on that cape, and we've tried. It's led to turnovers. It's led to sloppy play, and it's uh, dug the hole deeper. It hasn't actually fixed the problems for the Chiefs. I, I, I listen. I've alluded to it, but if you're on Twitter as much as me, you're seeing the 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 videos that his brother puts out and his wife puts out. I think Patrick Mahomes' family is is maybe a, a little bit of a problem for him. I don't want to speak for him. He he's never said that. But I'll tell you what, you you can there's video proof of looking at Patrick Mahomes' face while you know he is at dinner fitting the bill for everything. And his brother and his wife are just dancing around doing TikToks for social media clout and likes. That can't be something that he doesn't think about. It doesn't add some sort of level of concern or frustration, especially when he's not playing well. I I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's never come out and talked about it. I, I would never assume. But we all know family dynamics. It's hard. It's hard. And uh, I, I just think there could be something to it. I'm just saying. And then uh, finally, the number one surprise, and I think it's such a surprise in a great way, the Cincinnati Bengals. Five and two. They're the number one seed in the AFC here as we go into week eight. Joe Burrow, the way he's bounced back from that injury, do you remember that injury? It was an ACL, an MCL, PCL, cartilage. I mean, gruesome. And everyone, myself included, was saying, get Panay Sewell. You've got to protect this kid. And Panay Sewell's been great so far. Slater, the tackle, has been great. The other option is for him. But they got him, his guy, in Jamar Chase. And Joe Burrow has been electric. He really plays with a confidence and a swagger that's not cocky like Baker. But it is just, he is Joe Cool. He is Joey B. And this Bengals team is routed around him. Shout out to their head coach, Taylor. Uh, you know, and shout out to the Bengals organization for sticking through it and letting him build into this. And uh, the Bengals are building something pretty special right now. Uh, and, the, and the way they won against the Ravens, it just, you can't go uh, unnoticed. So uh, there you go. Those are my biggest disappointments and surprises here through week eight we'll check in again with some things in this because again we're not even we're barely at the halfway point as we as we will be more so halfway by this time next week and i think it's something we will we'll keep our eyes on we'll keep looking i think the cardinals look out i think that this could be now a little bit of a floodgate situation i think the cardinals are going to make the playoffs unlike i predict they wouldn't but it wouldn't shock me if the cardinals lose Three or four games here in the second half of the season, uh, and not as not as strong in the first half. I'll also say um, it wouldn't shock me uh, if Trayvon Diggs's production <laughs> drops drastically, and it wouldn't shock me if these rookie quarterbacks I'm disappointed in they start to put some stuff together because more starts, more experience, they'll have a chance. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app broadcasting live and local here in America's hometown of Hannibal. When we come back, we'll talk college football. It's on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. 
Hello, I'm Mark Smith, Acting Director of the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services. For months, Illinois children have been isolated at home without teachers, coaches, family, or other adults to see them. But that has changed as some sports practices have resumed, annual physicals are scheduled, and schools have welcomed back students. During these difficult times, if you're a teacher, school counselor, pediatrician, dentist, or childcare provider, your interaction with children and their families is more important than ever. We share your commitment to protecting all of our Illinois children. If you suspect a child is being abused or neglected, we are here 24 hours a day to take your report online at illinois.gov forward slash DCFS or by phone at 1-800-25-ABUSE. Doctors Without Borders teams confront hard facts in conflict and crisis zones. When others look away, we step in to act. Because measles still kills more than 100,000 children every year, we're there to vaccinate more than 1 million. Because some countries have only one or two mental health professionals, we provided over 400,000 mental health consultations last year. The fact is, your support makes our life-saving work possible. Picture the impact we can have together. DoctorsWithoutBorders.org. If you're in HR. Today, with a high of 57. Northwesterly winds, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Lows around 42. Tonight, partly cloudy skies. Ample sunshine expected tomorrow. Highs around 55. Temperatures well below average Monday and Tuesday, with highs in the upper 40s. Chance for scattered rain showers Monday. Right now, 46. Welcome on back to the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda on Hyundai. Both Cunis Honda Hyundai here in Quincy, 221 North 36th Street, were both named this year two of the 100 best dealers in the whole entire country to work for. It's just an incredible, incredible accomplishment. They are hiring right now. And it just goes to show you, if they if it's that good to work for them, think about how great the buying experience is from people who are in a great work environment. And uh, it really is. I'm telling you, that's it's why they have the slogan, Faith Family Giving Back. They live and breathe it. Tell them Mark Sencha, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, uh, Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right, let's get into it. NCAA Saturday. Uh, there are uh, five games I want to look at because I think all five of them are very interesting for the college football playoff and the standings. You have, let's start with the big, I think the biggest one of the day. It's in the Big Ten, 7-0 Michigan, number six in the country versus number eight in the country, 7-0 Michigan State. Either of these teams, uh, for them, having the ability to go undefeated is their only chance of getting into the college football playoff. And so for them, this is a huge game. Uh, I think Michigan, it's at Michigan State, them being ranked right now, uh, that it can be, a, it can be a, a decisive win for them to really stand the way. I think Michigan could maybe jump into the top four if they blow out Michigan State at Michigan State. If Michigan State wins this game at home in a convincing manner, they'll move up, but I don't know how much uh, it'll do for them because the game was at home. Michigan has been blowing people, uh, t- handily taking care of people. They took care of Wisconsin easily. They took care of Northwestern easily. Uh, you know, they blew out uh, Washington earlier in the year. Um, they've taken care of their two MAC opponents very easily, Northern Illinois and Western Michigan. I-, I like Michigan in this game. They then have matchups 
against Indiana, a Penn State team that I expect to lose tonight, Maryland before finally wrapping on up with Ohio State. Now, if you're Michigan State and you look at your schedule, this is must win because you have Purdue, who's upset-minded after that, Maryland, who should be an easy win, and then you have your you have your Ohio State Penn State game. So still a lot to be decided for Michigan and Michigan State. But for either one of these teams, this is their opportunity to really uh put themselves in a position to say, we're gonna be in the college football playoff. And uh the, both of them need to be undefeated to do so. Uh later on, uh the other game, Iowa number nine at Wisconsin. You say, why is this a big game? Well, because again, Wisconsin and Iowa both control their own destiny in the uh, Big Ten West. So if uh, if Iowa can win out here, then they're going to be in Columbus. I mean, they're going to be in Indianapolis playing either Ohio State, Michigan State, or Michigan, whoever comes out of the East. And Wisconsin, similarly, if they go undefeated, they're in. So this, this does affect possible college football playoff and getting into the Big Ten Championship and winning the Big Ten. So if if Iowa can get through Wisconsin, they then have Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska, all winnable games for Iowa. If Wisconsin can get through Iowa, they then have Rutgers, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Minnesota, all winnable games for them as well. Both teams very much alive to make it to the Big Ten title game, but both teams very much have to win this game. All right, uh, the other game then, uh, number one, Georgia at four and three, four and three, Florida. I know Florida's been a little bit disappointing this year, but it's Georgia at Florida, so it's on my radar. I like Georgia to win. Uh, Ole Miss, number 10 of the country, six and one, versus number 18, Auburn, at five and two. Now, let me say this. Ole Miss, this is a big game for them. Uh, it's big for Auburn as well. But again, you're trying to figure out SEC championship, SEC rankings, getting into all of these different um, different scenarios. And if you're Ole Miss, you have, uh, you have a chance here to put yourself as a one-loss SEC team and don't falling into that two-loss SEC team that Auburn's in, that the Aggies are in. So this is big for Ole Miss. And if you're Auburn, listen, you don't want to lose three games in a season. You're an SEC team. That's never a good look for you. Uh, and then I will say, I'll take Ole Miss to win that game. I really love what Lane Kiffin's doing down there. And then finally, Penn State at Ohio State. Again, this game's all about Ohio State, really. Penn State, their their chances, they're just trying to play upset at this point in time. Penn State has no chance to make the playoff, uh, but they still have a chance to maybe make the uh, the the Big Ten championship game, but it all 100% starts with beating Ohio State. Ohio State still has to play Michigan State, still has to play Michigan. Uh, they're all undefeated in the Big Ten East. The Big Ten East is uh, is heavy right now with Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, the Big Ten West, as we mentioned, it's Iowa and Wisconsin controlling their own destiny. Minnesota does as well, technically, uh, versus a very weak Big Ten West. So, uh I like I like Ohio State to win today. I like Ole Miss to win today. I like Georgia to win today. I like Wisconsin to upset Iowa, and I'll take Michigan over Michigan State in the Big Ten. Quick break. When we come back, wrap up with a couple quick thoughts. Live and local, it's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO.
If you're tired of victim of a vehicle theft, but an alarming number of drivers are leaving themselves vulnerable. Keys and fobs are being left in unattended vehicles, making it easier for thieves to hop in and take off. This is especially true in winter months when owners leave their vehicles running to keep them warm. Don't make it easy for thieves. Lock your vehicle, set the alarm, and take all keys or fobs with you. Never leave a car unlocked and running. If you know something about a vehicle theft, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. What does defunding the police mean? Reduced police patrols and longer response times. More burglaries and more violent criminals. The National Police Association says let your local and state officials know. Find out more at nationalpolice.org. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, three minutes and 50 seconds to wrap up the show, and I have three topics I want to talk on. I will say this about the Blackhawks scandal, and we'll talk about with a uh, uh, Former video coach Brad Aldrich, the sexual assault of former Blackhawks player um, Kyle Beach. I don't have enough time and I don't have enough uh, information to get into the weeds here. And you can read all about it. I was reading the Sports Illustrated coverage of it, The Athletic. There's a lot of great publications who do a lot of great work giving you the details of the story. I will say as a Blackhawks fan, as a guy who rooted for the Blackhawks during that era, I do think this is a massive black eye on those Blackhawks, that Blackhawks era and that leadership. Uh, Because they all knew. It's coming on out. Quinville resigns from the Panthers now. Uh, Bowman gets uh, canned by the Blackhawks, all deservedly so. People in power knew what happened, and they didn't act appropriately. And it led then for Aldrich to then sexually assault a 16-year-old years later in Michigan. And I will just say this. I am 100% comfortable with investigations happening to things even a decade ago or more. Like a lot like what happened with Penn State. If, if finally justice is served for the victims. Because sports is human too. And these are all human beings. And these things, just like we saw with Larry Nasser and the gymnastics, if eventually do- these people don't get called out, then they will keep abusing, they will keep uh, haunting their victims. And also, I will say this, people in power now need to see that you can get in trouble if you don't make the right decisions. Even if you're not the person committing the sexual assault, If you're in control of reporting that and their careers and what happens to these people, you need to be held accountable as well. That comes with positions of power. So it's a real gruesome story. Uh, I'm so happy for um, Kyle Beach that he feels like he is uh, coming through a little bit and that he feels some level of vindication that he was able to come forward and spread uh, and and shed the John Doe uh, label. And uh, it's certainly deservedly black eye in the Blackhawks organization during that time. Quickly, I want to turn to the Bulls losing Patrick Williams, the uh, the young forward, for four to six months here with this wrist surgery. Get the surgery done. He's a part of your core going forward. You want him to be healthy. But that is a massive blow. And if I am the Bulls, I would strongly consider going out and getting a Marvin Bagley, buying low, giving up picks, future assets for a guy like that. This Bulls team... 
Especially then if you have Bagley and you can control him and give real depth with him and Williams and Vucevic and you're taking a flyer on a kid, I'm all for that. But losing Patrick Williams is really tough because he is a really important part of the future of this Bulls organization with Levine, with Lonzo Ball. And then finally... Shout out to Atlanta. Great win in Atlanta last night. What a scene at that new stadium uh, honoring Hank Aaron, getting the getting the 2-0 victory over the Astros in the World Series, leading the Series 2-1. Game 4 is massive. If the Astros win Game 4 with Grinky on the, in the mound, I think they'll take care of the series, and, the, and Atlanta might not win another game. Atlanta, can they find a way to steal a game tonight? I'll be rooting for them. If they can and get up 3-1... Then you have three games to win one more game, and I think Atlanta can win this series. But if the Astros win tonight, I think the Astros may win in six. Uh, I think it's such a pivotal game. Thank you so much for making us a part of your Saturday morning. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Collision Repair.